This is I Don't Care If You Listen podcast with my mom, Shawnee, and my auntie, Leonica. This is episode 29. We know it's been a long time, but we're happy you're here, and we're happy we're here, too. Enjoy the show. Bye. Welcome back to another episode of I Don't Care If You Listen. We're so sorry we fell off the train for a little bit because we had family stuff kick in. I have been so delinquent on everything with the podcast, so I apologize for that. You and I both, life caught up to us. It did. And ran us over. It did. (laughs) Like a bulldozer, yo. A bulldozer. So here we are back, episode 29. Welcome to mid-March. I don't care if you listen, I'm Shalini. She's Leonica. So what has the past month offered you in your life, Leonica? What's been going on? Oh, girl, so much. Family tr- transitioning. My mom lost two of her siblings in five days. Wow. Um, my uncle passed on February 26th, and my aunt passed on March the 3rd. Wow. Rest in peace, Marianne. I'm sorry for your loss. How are you doing with all that? That's a lot. Yeah, especially with my aunt because it came so fast and sudden. My head is spinning. So I turned 42. Happy birthday to Lee. Happy birthday to Lee. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Lee. Woo! How you feeling? Older and wiser. Looking good. Uh, Older, wiser, stronger. And more determined than ever. Hell yeah. Your youngest broke his knee. (laughs) He broke his knee and dislocated it. So he had surgery, the same surgery my husband had on his elbow. My son had on his knee. So had to stretch some tendons. But he's doing really well. He just had a birthday too, turned 15. And I had a pack of boys at my house all weekend. And I love it. I was looking for, can I tell you something crazy about that? So, Kamari, I have stuff from his baby shower. I've told you this, right? Mm -hmm. On his birthday, I went to go look. Like, I have all my pictures backed up from years. I have them all backed up on on Dropbox. And I went to go look to find an old picture of Kamari from when he was born. And I realized my pictures of Kamari are not digital. They're actual physical pictures. They're back when we used to really have pictures. 35 millimeter, baby. So I had to go back. I actually have to go back and dig through boxes of pictures because I have some really cute pictures of him as a baby. Man, he was just such a cute baby. He's still, he's a very handsome young man. You got, you got two very, very handsome young men. And man, you've done a good job raising them too. So I like that. I love that. Well, he definitely says that he doesn't want us tagging him in pictures when he was little. (laughs) Well, okay. Thanks for the heads up, Kamari. Why? Um, but I get it. I'm not even going to ask why. Because that, uh, I understand it. Because his classmates see him. I understand it. And it's a little overexposure these days. I get it. I, I was talking to a girl, um, a possible babysitter. And we were talking about high school. And I was telling her how I feel relieved that I don't have a teenager in this social media age. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, yeah, I, I, I told her that I had read a, a study that said that so many young girls were dealing with suicide issues because they were dealing with comparisons and the likes and the not likes and, you know, all this stuff on social media. So I get it. And if you can maybe protect your children from yeah. overexposure, it's probably a good idea. It's probably a good idea. 
Exactly. So his whole life is on there, but just on my timeline. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That makes sense. And you know what? Mm-hmm. It's good that he's like verbalized it and said it. Like, hey, chill out on that. I get it. Yeah, my friends see that. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That makes sense to me. With your natural hair journey, you've been kind of busy with that, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Last month, I did a health fair down in Battle Creek. It was a heart and lupus awareness event. And um, I just did a small presentation with board about unhealthy ingredients and our hair and skin products and sold a couple products and baskets and stuff down there. Good for you. I'm loving it. I'm feeling like more and more uh, black women are jumping on the natural train. I'm hoping that I'm seeing more and more of it and I'm not just imagining, but it feels like it's this cut the BS. We don't have to process our hair for anybody else. That's right. Looking a certain way and being a certain way because, man, oh, man, we talked about New York and you know how they finally passed the law about not being able to discriminate against people with dreads. Like, we needed this law, but we needed a law. We needed the law. Come on, but we needed it. And that's a dang old shame. It needs to be a federal law. You think? (laughs) It's so pathetic. Even talking about it is mind-blowing. I'm a little... My brain is doing a... Well, how can you tell somebody that the way their hair grows out of their head is unprofessional? You tell me. I don't know. I don't know how that even is an issue or a topic. Like, I don't get how that becomes an issue or a topic. Like, we dealt with civil rights. So you didn't get to discriminate based on skin color. So you want to discriminate based on hair style and the way hair looks? Like, how does that? You know, only if it's going to allow people to have certain privileges and protect their privileges, then they're going to do that. It's like that. They tell the story. And until we take the microphone and change the narrative, It's just like that. So we're working on it. I'll tell you a little bit about what's been going on with us. My husband got a new job, so we are excited about that. I was kind of freaking out because I heard on NPR that hiring was down and new job creation was down. So I was getting a little panicky nationally. The the economy, while Trump is still kind of riding the Obama economy, job creation and hiring is actually down. I was a little worried. I was a little freaking out about that. So Go, Chris. I love you, honey. Make it work. Do good things. Because that that was getting stressful between us, Lee. Right. Live free or die trying. My kiddo had a crush on a little girl. And he he made a picture of them at their wedding. And he went, girl, he took it to give it to her. And she went running. She wouldn't take it. So he had his first little. (laughs) I told him, I was like, if that little girl doesn't want your picture, you just find another little girl who does. You know, I'm like. like, You are so funny. We're going to nip that in the bud. You know, and I saw him getting dissed. And I was like, baby, that's called a diss. Like, sorry. He went and talked to her mom and everything. He went and told her her mom oh. that he wanted to marry her. Is this that was funny? Um, he is so romantic. He is. Let's <laughs> take it easy. Let's not be too pushy. But you could. I get it. Um, yeah. So I'm still oh down here. Yeah, in this day and age, you gotta say, okay, she don't chase her. Exactly. I told him. That's why I told him. I yeah. said, in it, when when a girl says no and she does, she's not interested. Turn around and go the other way. Find a different girl. Moving on. Yeah. We are not pushing yeah. it. Um, that's right. 
I am still down here in Florida looking for my people. I've still not found my people. Just so you know where my state of mind is, I am still looking for my people. We are going on two years, and I have not found my people, so I'm still looking. I'm worried about you. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. I love my kid's school, but culturally and geographically, he doesn't see people who look like him. I don't see people who look like me. The funny thing about it is, as a kid growing up first generation here, I fought that culture. My parents wanted me to take Indian dance. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I took it and I didn't finish it. They wanted me to speak Hindi and Sindhi at home and I wouldn't because I'm American and I eat meat. And um, I was really rebellious as far as, you know, I'm American. I'm going to date boys. I'm going to do all the American things. And now at 43, I'm regretting a lot of that. I am regretting Mm -hmm. a lot of that. And I am realizing why they said what they said. I get it. I'm starting to learn. Maybe that's what life's all about, is coming back to your parents and saying you were right. (laughs) Maybe that's what heaven is, is when your kids come to you and be like, you were right, you know? I tell them now, I'm like, you know, I should have listened to you. I should have gone and got that degree that just gave me a job just with a piece of paper, but I didn't. I had to do radio. I had to follow my dream. Radio turned around and bit me in the ass hard. Because even now... In order to make it in radio, you have to have so many followers, so many likes, so many this, so many that. And that's never the type of broadcaster I was. And that's never who I wanted to be. I don't really like the idea of having to share every single thing we do. And that's just where we're at. You're you're an influencer and you are useful and effective if you have X amount of followers or likes proving it. You got to prove it. That takes so much work. Yeah. I would much rather sit down and talk to people face to face. I I love video chatting because we can actually look at each other and talk, you know? Right. The podcast is almost a byproduct of us being able to look at each other and talk. Um, It is. Something else that happened. I told you, I think, about the the school that I teach at and um, one of the songs that they wanted to sing at this folk festival coming up was Jesus Loves the Little Children. Did I tell you about this? Yes. So they wanted to sing Jesus Loves the Little Children. And as I was going through some of the rehearsal materials, I saw that it was the original version, which says something to the effect of Jesus loves little children, all the children of the world. Um, Red, brown, yellow, black, and white. And I kind of approached the teacher and I was like, oh, we can't really say yellow. And she was like, why? It is what it is. That's what they are. That's what you got to call them. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, the long and short of it... I have never heard anybody call themselves yellow. Well, apparently somebody compared, was comparing an Asian athlete to Kobe Bryant. You know, Kobe Bryant's the black mamba. And so somebody thought that they would make a comparison. A journalist thought it would make a comparison and he called somebody the yellow mamba. And he got fired. It was like the Washington Post or somebody fired him. You can't... It's... It's like saying the N-word in a song. You just, we're, we've come past that. We don't do that. Right. We don't, that's not what we do anymore. Anyways, long story short, they changed the words, but I was a little more floored that I was the one who had to bring it up. But I'm also proud of myself because it was uncomfortable. And despite it being uncomfortable, I brought it up. And again, I'm down here looking for my people and I'm not surrounded by my people. So my opinion and my vantage point is much different than the people around me. So that was well, right. Thing. You got to do that. And, and you know what? That's what I'm finding it in all of the dominions that I travel. We're the ones who have to bring the conversation up. We're the ones who have to break the ice 
And that's kind of exhausting and insulting. And it's not like I mind. I, I have no problem with it, but it's like, dang, don't you have some responsibility and sheer obligation in this world or humanity or something? It's something. true. I, I'll tell you, I was voted women's liber and most outspoken in high school. And I didn't think that those labels were going to be such a benefit and a hindrance in my life. I have that, that vocal nature that I have has scared people away from me. People are scared Uh to say things around me. It has lost me friendships. It has given me a reputation of being like, well, don't say that around Shalini. And it's like, part of me is really happy that I have that reputation. Like, yeah, don't say that shit around me. I don't want to hear that. Thank you. If that's what it takes, that's what it takes. But then the other part is like, conversations need to be had and I'm sorry if it makes you uncomfortable but you should have them and if you call yourself a righteous ancestor who's going to lead the charge on making change then do it don't Mm -hmm. just sit quietly and watch and so I've I always have known that about myself I'm coming to a point there was a point where I tried to shut it up silence it yada 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 but I'm hoping that I can live my true self and just be that. And if that's what I am and that's what I got to be, then that's just who it's, that's, that's what it's got to be. Yeah. Sorry, Che. Yeah. I'm sorry to my son if it causes him any grief. Sorry to my husband if it causes him any grief. Sorry to my family if it causes them any grief. But I'm not sure I could shut up about it. I'm really not sure I could do it. Because at the end of the day, we have to believe in ourselves and be able to sleep at night. Right. And if we aren't saying it, nobody else will. And like you said, it needs to be said. I think it. people are just afraid of conflict, Shell. Mm-hmm. People do not like conflict. You're supposed to be polite. Don't be rude. Don't get anybody upset. Don't have anybody raise their voice. And people fear conflict. Mm-hmm. And so anything that may cause conflict, they avoid or stay away from. And that's why... Where we're we're at now, stagnant, where we thought civil rights wasn't an issue, but it always was. People just didn't want to deal with the conflict anymore. You know what's ironic about that? What? I think irony is the right term here. I don't care if you listen. I'm Shalini. She's Leonica. Hey. We're back, and we're finally getting our therapy out. The irony of being conflict avoidant is gun sales are up and higher (laughs) than they've ever been. So we're quick to shoot people. We're quick to grab that gun to put an end to it, to end them or the animal that we're so angry at, whatever we're buying these guns to shoot at. But we now socially avoid conflict. Yep. No verbal conflict, no arguments, no wars. Not verbally. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. It really is. It really is crazy. Um, It really is crazy. Yeah, it's how people quietly say, oh, you talking this mess. Let me go on and get my gun. (laughs) And 
then I'm going to go home and wait for you. What trips me out, too, is the people who are so, when when they are in their own vacuum of friends, like when they're in their comfort zone, they got so much to say. They just mm-hmm. are so pro-civil rights, and I hate ignorance, and blah, 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 blah. But when it's in their face, and somebody mm-hmm. is saying or doing something ignorant in their face, whether it's family or whatever, they won't say anything. Well, that's not my business. Right. Right. I don't want to stir the pot. Right. But they'll go in their corners, their circles outside of that place and be like, oh, I was so mad. And I think when I say I can't find my people, I'm talking about my people that will talk the talk no matter who's in front of them. I'm looking for those people. Yeah. Where are you at? In Florida, in Pinellas, where are you at? The people who will talk the talk, walk the walk, and get uncomfortable and still have a good, loving heart and want to make sure that they do the best they can to make a loving environment for everybody around them. I say talking the talk is a requirement. Walking the walk is a requirement. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. The podcast with Shalini and Leonica. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, she's confirming that the gun law reform is happening after the mosque massacre that just happened. What type of reforms are they doing? New Zealand's, this is according to CNN, New Zealand's government has agreed to reform the country's gun laws in the wake of last Friday's massacre at two mosques in which 50 people were killed. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has confirmed, she said, the worst act of terrorism on our shores has exposed a range of weaknesses in New Zealand's gun laws. Speaking after a weekly cabinet meeting Monday, she told reporters that ministers had agreed in principle to reform gun laws. Within 10 days of this horrific act, of uh, terrorism will have announced reforms which will, I believe, make our community safer, while acknowledging that for a short period the planned amendments might create uncertainty for some gun owners. She said she strongly believes that the vast majority of gun owners in New Zealand will agree with the sentiment changes need to occur. On Monday, Trade Me uh, ended in New Zealand. New Zealand e-commerce website Trade Me ended the sale of semi-automatic guns on its online marketplace. They said, uh, we have listened to public sentiment following Friday's terrorist attack in Christchurch and decided to remove all semi-automatic firearms sales and parts associated. Trade Me wrote in a statement. So you're hearing directly from the the retailer, the people Uh selling it, saying that we're done, that we're not selling them anymore because you don't need that to kill a bunny. I'm just saying, if you're an athlete or this is a sport to you, why do you need a semi-automatic weapon to kill a bunny? All right. Um, Uh Yeah, so that's interesting that you know right away that was the answer that was the answer whereas here it's it's been a whole different story how we respond or how our government responds to terrorist attacks which by the way this president at least has not condemned he is not saying that white nationalism is a terror threat he does not see it as a terror threat and it is definitely those are terrorists if that's not a terrorist i don't know what is it's not a what it's not a terrorist threat to him because it's not the right That's color what it meant. right so if it's not a threat to him it's not a threat That's problematic for me and should be problematic yeah. for most of us he does not care about us he did not even think he was going to win this election he is just in there purposely monkeying stuff up yeah and out of spite to leave us with a mess to clean up yeah to leave us with a big old mess. Um, I saw a poll from USA Today. This is what's scary. Listen to this. 
From USA Today, half of Americans say that Trump is a victim of a witch hunt since trust in the, in the Mueller investigation is eroding. Um, from Yahoo News USA Today, amid signs that special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian election interference may be near its conclusion, a new USA Today Suffolk University poll finds that trust in Mueller has eroded and half of Americans now agree with President Donald Trump's contention that he has been the victim of a witch hunt. Half. 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 Who who did they poll? Hey, you know how their polls go. They didn't call me, <laughs> and I answer robocalls. I qualify for a free medical back brace, <laughs> extended car warranty. Don't hang that. up. Don't hang up. My favorite is when they say, "Don't hang up." Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So so who who are they calling and polling? They they're only polling Trump's friends. They say, what's more, Trump's relentless attacks on Mueller and his inquiry have taken a toll on the special counsel's, special counsel's credibility. Now, 28% say they have a lot of trust in the former FBI director's investigation to be fair and accurate. That's the lowest level to date. It's down five points since December. In comparison, 30% expressed a lot of trust in Trump's denials, the highest to date. 30% of y'all believe his bullshit. Really? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, those are the ones who um, will get hurt the most, unfortunately. By his, by, by the after effects? By his policies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, your son posted something on Facebook, speaking of social media, kids and... Oh, Lord. Which one? The oldest? Yeah, but it you know, I was happy to see him do it. I was really happy to see him do it. He posted... Um, that the uh, MAGA rally, the Make America Great Again rally, with Trump is coming on the 28th of this month. Yes, it is. To Van Andel, to to where you're at in Grand Rapids. And um, basically they were posting that, you know, buy all those tickets up and don't show up. As many of you as as possible. You know, not buy. that's a good idea. Reserve your tickets, don't buy them. But yeah, get as many of those tickets as you can and, and don't show up. Don't even bother. Um, That's a good idea. Dion said he wants to go to the anti-Trump rally that they're having down there. Yeah, I mean, go to... I say anytime you can find your people (laughs) and link arms and join in united force against tyranny, because that's what he is, is a tyrant, do it. Go, you know? But you know what, Shell? What? But be I'm safe. I'm, I'm not really not. interested in being in large gatherings right now. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I just said I'm scared. I know. And you know what? I, again, I understand. Publicly. And you know, I ain't never scared. I know. But you know but what? Girl, yeah. I can see them targeting yep. that. Yep. You know, just because we're anti-Trump supporters. And they want us to be afraid. And, and those terror. open carry people, those open carry people are no joke. They want yeah. you to be scared. They want you to be scared. Do they want you to be scared? Woo. Yep. Just in that short time that I was just refreshing the news to see what was on there. Um, Donald Trump's craziest day ever on Twitter This happened um, on Sunday. President Donald Trump sent out 29 tweets and retweets, which in and of itself is a remarkable thing to say about the chief executive of the United States. Um, But it's not just the sheer quantity. 
His tweets and retweets are so mind-boggling. It's what he said in them. Here's a brief summary. This is according to CNN Politics. This just came out. Um, in, in short, he says things like the Federal Communications Commission or Federal Election Commission should investigate whether Saturday Night Live and late night talk shows are in collusion with Democrats and or Russia because they attack him. I saw that. He attacked <laughs> such... I. I can't even. He attacked the late Senator John McCain from Arizona for allegedly sending the FBI the Steele dossier before the election and working with Democrats. And rest in peace, John McCain. Those people who call themselves patriots and are, are siding with the president when he dogs John McCain, you blow my mind. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I saw his wife responded. Maybe his daughter. I'm not sure who it was. <laughs> Oh, the daughter. Oh, no, no. It was the daughter. Megan McCain. Okay. Megan McCain, who I just, yeah, Megan McCain responded. She's, you know, she got mad. She basically said that he would never get get the same respect that her dad had, which is true. But I also think she's Mm -hmm. a bit of a hack. She's one that I can't really, she's. Uh, anyways, that's neither here nor there. He urged Fox News Channel to reinstate host Janine Pirro after she was suspended for questioning the patriotism of Ihan Omar from Minnesota who is Muslim. Um, he urged the FNC to stand up for host Tucker Carlson, who has seen some advertisers pull out of his show following the release of a series of caustic and offensive remarks he made on a radio show between 2006 and 2011. He retweeted Jack Posobiec, who, among other things, is a leading promoter of the Pizzagate and Seth Rich conspiracy theories. He alleged that Democrats tried to steal a presidential election, calling it the biggest scandal in history. Now, I'm reading all of this from CNN regarding his tweets right after we talked about the USA Today uh, article about the poll that says people are believing his hype that this is a big witch hunt. So mental health in regards to uh, Trump. <laughs> oh my gosh. And they got mad at Obama for watching uh, the NCAA championship. <laughs> yeah, for picking a team, for having brackets. They got mad at him for all kinds of stuff. The, oh, my God. Kellyanne Conway. This is interesting. <sighs> Kellyanne Conway, um, the president's spokesperson, representative, her the, the, uh-huh. the lady. You know, her husband is trying to tell the public Trump is mentally ill. She doesn't agree. This is according, again, to CNN Politics. <laughs> Her husband believes Donald Trump's mental condition is deteriorating. She's Trump's top White House counselor. She disagrees. She says, I don't share those concerns. She told reporters on Monday when she was questioned about George Conway's weekend tweets calling into doubt Trump's mental state. How do you live in that house? How does that happen? You know, this is so different from Michigan State versus U of M. Oh. <laughs> so much more intense. You know what I mean? I do not know how they have a relationship because I could not have a relationship with Kellyanne Conway. I'm no. sorry. Like, what is wrong with you? Did you hear the words that came out of your mouth? It's so like, bizarre. What is that like? And how do they live like that? And are they playing us? Is that who's really at the heart of this? And they're just playing us all like fools? Is that what's going I on? I wonder. I wonder. Because For real. How does that happen? They have to be in cahoots. Yeah. And they just sit in bed cracking up at how they're influencing us this way and that way. Right. Pretty interesting. There's stuff going on there that I can't really wrap my head around. Uh, yes, he is a mental case. I agree he is a mental case. I don't, don't believe he is mentally fit to be in the position he's in. I believe that anybody who supports him has mental issues they need to consider. 
because there's just he's it's madness. If 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 you look at that and you think that that is the sign of a a good leader, I I don't know what to say to you. I ain't got words for you. Man. If you listen, I don't care if you listen, I don't care if you listen. A podcast with Shalini and Liana. You know, you had tagged me in a post about a song that is very key to what's going on with all this. Uh-huh. From our girl, India. And if you haven't heard India, I read, she's got a new album out. And it's called Worthy. And... I was really excited about hearing anybody, especially bigger names, make music about this crazy world we're living in with this uh, with this president. She didn't disappoint. So if you haven't heard it, here is a, a little India Ari, and the name of the song is Roller Coaster. Check it out. I don't care if you listen podcast. I'm Shalini. She's Leonica. Thanks for getting back with us. We're back. This just in. Every time I turn on the news, I can't seem to tell a lie from the truth. Earthquakes all over the place, contaminated water in Flint is so crazy. Big Pharma making big gold bucks, selling all these deadly and addictive drugs. And we don't even know what we can eat. We got genetically modified broccoli and. They cloning animals, we eating the meat. The next thing they turn around, they cloning you and me. The way they do the human race is a ridiculous crime. And Colin Kaepernick's me got y'all losing your minds. Come on. Take me off Yeah.
rights overseas. Meanwhile, our black community is under siege. Genocide is focused on the African race, especially in the streets of this USA now. They say that there's a war on terrorism, and the powers that be, they need to look in the mirror. I thought that we lived in a democracy, but I don't remember anyone asking me, no. They said that our vote would be our voice. This insanity could never be anyone's choice, cause the whole world is in need of desperate help. But the first thing that we need to do is look at ourselves, yeah. Let me up this roller coaster. I don't wanna ride, I don't wanna ride no more. I know what you're about to go to because you're looking at the same show notes I am. So do you know who that is? Uh-huh. That's that, your folks, right? That's my parents right after they were married. And they honeymooned and went to see Michael Jackson, didn't they? <laughs> oh you knew where I was going with this. So sure. So they saw the Jackson 5 in concert. And I firmly believe that that's where I was conceived because... <laughs> because... I have had a love and adoration for Michael Jackson from, I mean, that was the first record I ever bought. I I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Well, um, now (laughs) with, with, with that, with that, with that groundwork laid and the, go ahead. What what, what were you, what were were you going to say? Go ahead. Ask me. I was just going to ask you if you still are going to listen to Michael Jackson music. So part of me was dreading this conversation because I knew you were going to ask me that. (laughs) So let me tell you what I did. I couldn't sleep. So I binged Neverland, leaving Neverland 1, leaving Neverland 2, and the interview with Oprah. I only watched half of one and that's all I could take. (laughs) So the thing that Oprah was saying and... 
she's usually spot on about most stuff, but she was like, we can't focus on the fact that it's Michael Jackson. Uh-uh. Have to focus on the fact that it is a sick individual doing some sick stuff to little boys. And the tactics that he used are so common because those are the exact type of things that I hear from my clients who have been in similar situations, except it's not Michael Jackson, it's grandpa or brother or uncle or neighbor or mom's boyfriend or something like that. It's somebody that they generally hold that most people, the hard part is, is that the community around holds this person in high regard. I mean, to Mm -hmm. to bring it down to kind of like a local level. So everybody around holds this person in high regard. You're supposed to respect this person. You're 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old. So your understanding of doing the right thing is is what it is at that age. Mm -hmm. And um, your parents are excited. They're enjoying themselves. They got this nice room and first class flight. And it's Michael Jackson. So basically, well, yeah. they they sold their kid to Michael. Yeah, just so, like those. Exactly, the kid okay. wasn't in. The kid wasn't in to get to Michael Jackson. It felt like, and the, a lot of the conversations in the movies, in the documentaries, and everything else were about how do you forgive these parents for doing that? And then the discussion turned into how did Michael Jackson groom the parents and basically. Mm-hmm get the parents to trust him enough and the things that he did and said to get them to trust him. Will I listen to Michael? I won't probably go out of my way, but if it's on, I'm going to rock with you, baby. Oh. <laughs> I understand. All night. Dance until the sunlight. I'm going to rock with you. <laughs> twice since it's since the movie, uh, the documentary, docuseries came out, I walked in the grocery store and Michael Jackson is playing. And I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm already dancing before I think about what he did. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, let me quit thinking about it because it feels good. I know. I know. I, but I just got to compartmentalize. It's pretty intense. The crazy thing I think that I try to come to grips with with all of this is... We know it happens. You see it every day. You deal with so many people who sadly, young children, you know, adults, whatever, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. that covers the whole gamut of tragedy that you have to see what awfulness family will do to family, friends will do to family, etc. We know, we've talked about the fact that in the music industry, there's a lot of dirt. They've been doing a lot of dirt. Dirt's been happening for a long time. Somebody taught Michael how to do it. There, yes. Ooh, that's so true. And is it true? Did Joe really castrate him? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Where did you hear that? Don't tell me you heard that on TMZ. Where'd you hear that? My mama. <laughs> <laughs> what is Marianne talking about? No, but I think I I saw it somewhere else. But I just you know wrote it off like you you do most stuff. But would you but be yeah. surprised? Would you be surprised? That is not something I would be surprised that that monster would do. I mean, he really looks and acted and talked and walked and dressed and behaved like a monster. So I'm pretty sure he was pretty monstrous. Walk yeah, like a duck, they say like a duck. that um, he was he had him chemically castrated to help him sing. <laughs> something's supposed to, you know, yeah, just like 
the nose job and the head and it got Toya, all of them. It was crazy. The the docuseries, the, the sit down with Oprah. And Oprah said it. She, as a victim, as a survivor, I wouldn't even say victim, as a survivor mm-hmm. herself. Yeah, as a survivor. As a survivor herself, she had the same vantage point where she was like, I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, that she said. But something that she had been trying to share with people for years and years and years is it's somebody that you know. Children mm-hmm. do not necessarily know this as abuse. To them in the moment, it may feel good and they don't know why. They don't know why that is considered abuse. So they think they're yes. protecting somebody. They think they're mm-hmm. saving somebody, especially if it's family or someone they love. They don't want to be responsible for this person going away and throwing the whole family into a tizzy. So And it feels good. What can we say? What can we do to protect them what can we say and do to protect them and and you say yeah you want them to communicate you want them to communicate but oprah even said in the special she had told her friend gail gail said oh well my kids will tell me they tell me everything they tell me and oprah was like telling her don't count on that because this is different Mm-mm. what it does to their brains and their bodies is may is not necessarily something that they're just going to tell you because they tell you everything because most don't And how do we do it, Lee? Like, you're a professional. What do we do to make them feel like they can tell us these things? Like, how? what what do you do? What do we do? I got a six-year-old. I want to know. I tell my my son, nobody, nobody has a right to touch you without your permission. Nobody. I don't care who it is. If somebody touches you without your permission... and you're uncomfortable you let me know but see this is the thing this is the conversation like what even the doctor but what if what if it doesn't make them feel uncomfortable what if they've been groomed like in the michael jackson situation what if they've been or r kelly what if they've been groomed to feel wanted to feel desired you tell them you tell them this is your public parts and these are your private parts and nobody should be touching your private parts but you. Period. Nobody. Period. Nobody. And if anybody touches your private parts, I don't care who it is. If it's daddy, if it's mommy, if it's uncle, if it's the priest. And I don't care how it feels. Yeah. It is not okay. That's right. Now, if you want to go touch yourself, you just go in the bathroom. Because some little kids will just go anywhere. Yeah, but they usually that's usually a red flag. Right oh, yeah. There no, no, no. We, we get that. We get but, that same We get that same thing of like, Mom, I want some privacy. And I think sometimes when he just wants to explore his body a little bit, I'm like, hey, you're in the bathtub. You get your little privacy. You get a little privacy. Right. Do your thing. The bathroom and the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are areas where you can explore that. Other things is boundaries like... What do you wear when you go to the bathroom or where do you get dressed? But I mean, it really comes down to me wanting to make sure that kids know they should tell somebody. And you really have to be careful with boys because boys are humiliated already for anything that's considered sissy or gay or anything like that. So they're compelled to keep a secret. Like I think... Mm. There are way more men and or, or boys getting abused than we know because men are less likely to report than women. And if half women aren't reporting. They say one in six men. That was the stat that came out of Oprah's sit down. She had done a big special with a bunch of men who had survived 
um, abuse and and, and there's a, com- a group called One in Six, and that was the yeah, statistic. One in I six saw men that by a football player, right? Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah he's one. I think he's one of the spokespeople, or he started it. But yeah, he, he started it. He didn't speak out for thirty some years, and it was a cop who abused him. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. It's the people they tell you to trust. Right. I remember being in elementary school. They tell you, go to a cop, go to a fireman, go to the consumer energy utility guy, somebody <laughs> with a uniform. Yeah. Girl. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's so rampant. We got to have these conversations. And that's where we get back to where we started with this, Lee. Being conflict avoidant think it's avoidant Mm -hmm. being conflict avoidant is unhealthy yes yes it's dangerous dangerous and unhealthy absolutely yeah you need to have the uncomfortable conversations so that we're keeping people safe but let's make them conversations and if we get a little loud and we get a little animated and we get a little passionate about it it's okay put your gun away but let's talk Right. Let's talk. That's why we, That's you know, right. I put out there, I mean, we, we don't have that many um, Facebook followers and stuff yet, but, you know, I put it out there that we're looking for people to interview on the I Don't Care If You Listen podcast. If you're an expert in your field, you want to talk to us, or if you just feel passionate or compelled about a certain topic that you want to chat with us about, we'd love to chat with you. We need some texture to the show. We'd love to add some new voices and, you know, some mm-hmm. new opinions and new sides of things. So if you got something to say, uh, Email us, I-D-C-I-Y-L podcast at Gmail. You can find us on Facebook. You can call me, call Lee, whoever you might be. We'd love to chat with you. We want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, totally. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. A podcast with Shalini and Leonica. Michigan. It's been a few months now. How's it going for you guys? Oh, girl, it's weird. Like, I'm seeing all kinds of advertisements and there are meetings in churches and <laughs> um, civic groups making sure that minorities get a fair shake in the deal. And That's key, by the way. That's oh, paramount. Oh, that is paramount. Oh, there are signs. Um, physical therapy come get your cbd oil here like they do cbd oil down here too and they kind of like oh well it's just cbd oil there's no you can't get a buzz off of it or anything so they really like are very strict about the differentiation um but i can imagine in michigan i mean why not use it to your advantage if you're a therapist I, why not it's, it's, it's a tool and it clearly was legalized for that reason somebody from michigan um posted something on facebook about it's they're still getting used to it they're walking in the park and they kind of catch a whiff of it and they have to like be like what oh yeah it's okay like it's all right you know girl people's houses i have gone to people's houses gotten out of my car and been like "Ooh, somebody smoked it (laughs) and then when i leave the smell is still there not because they're smoking it's because they're growing see and it's just in the air Good. Permeating everywhere. I was like, oh. It's a weird reality. It's got to be a weird reality. That's got to be strange to, to experience. Well, Florida just patched, passed legislation. I told you here in Florida that you can only consume oils and the medibles, but, um, and those are for medical patients only. 
but now they're actually thinking about for medical patients legalizing flour. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a step in the right direction to full on recreational or what it is, but you know, let's, um, let's hope that that's kind of what it leads to only because look, if you are going to, if we're dealing with an opioid, opioid epidemic and people are dying with these pharmaceutical drugs, you have got to think of better alternatives. And if you don't, I just feel like it's so antiquated and so non-progressive to not look at it as a real option. Jump on already, other states. Let's go, federal government. I mean, I know we got this tool bag in office, but maybe that'll be the best thing he does is makes, I don't know. It would be so much smarter to legalize it and, and control it. Yeah, and make because money alcohol, off of it. Make money off of it. Because the alcohol and, and opiates, you're right. Alcohol is just as bad. What it does to people, what it causes people to do, it's just a whole different ball game. Yeah, it's, it's scary. Like, I walk around. I got a Narcan kit in my glove compartment, Michelle. You got a what? A Narcan kit. What's that? Um, The medicine that you give people when they're overdosing to try and revive them. Oh, really? That's what that is. Ouch. Yeah, I got another training to go to for... Uh, uh, to get updated in a couple of weeks because it's that serious. They're forcing the librarians downtown to get it. I think um, some of the bus stations and train stations because, you know, people go in there and you got a bathroom, you got a private spot, and they're finding them overdose in the library, in, in the bus station. You know, people, some can be revived, some can't. Wow. Yeah, it's that serious. So, and we know what alcohol does. Yeah, that's why I guess I just feel like if if you got to legalize marijuana in all its forms for people to kind of wean themselves off the stuff that's killing them, you should. You should. It should be that simple. It's, Especially for the pain. Yeah. Because most people, I think... It's not like they're trying to get addicted, but they're really, they had a surgery. They got their wisdom teeth pulled. They broke a limb. And the medication and is addictive in nature. The chemical is addictive. So why give them the addictive stuff for the pain? Exactly. Especially when it's deadly. Right. <sighs> That's it can crazy. be deadly. Kamari just had surgery and they gave him some opioids. I, I couldn't imagine the doctor saying, here's some CBD oil, rub that on it. THC, they'd probably or, give him THC, the, the THC and CBD. The THC is what is the painkiller part of it. So I don't even know how I would deal with that, but I guess I would. But there's people more, like, I, we know people, we know people who take the THC in pill form prescribed from their doctor. Like at, right. So what's the difference between that and an Ambien? I mean, it's the same thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. Because. Doctor gave me a pill. Girl, because we have, we have PTSD of <laughs> sneak, having to sneak around and smoke. That's what we have. We have PTSD. It's true, right? Like, we're so gun shy oh about God. the idea of getting caught. Like, oh, no. Because it's always been that thing in our life that we found we preferred but couldn't be public about preferring it because of the one social stigma and the two law. Oh my God. You guys just don't know what lengths <laughs> we went through in undergrad not to get caught smoking weed. And sometimes I got caught. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> well, you're not. 
don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. I don't care if you listen. A podcast with Shalini and Bianca.